Welcome to Mystic Grace podcast number 24. This is October the 24th, 2021. And I am sitting here and very honored to be here with Grandmother Percy. Grandmother Percy is from the Hopi clan and she will she will describe that and her life. And we are just very, very honored, excited and blessed to have her. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and and for honoring me with this interview today. So thank you. Grandmother, tell us, tell us who you are and all about your life. Well, thank you, Colleen. It's such an honor to be here with you. And thank you for the invitation. And thank you to June, our friend, our mutual friend that was able to connect us. And I'm grateful for that because it's it's this is how the universe functions, is that we learn from one another. So it's, I'm really grateful to be here and to be able to share the message that, that I have um, in the work that I do. My name is um, Persley Ami, and I am from the Hopi tribe. I'm from the San Clan, and um, I, am, I am just really honored um, to have the opportunity to speak, not so much for the Hopi people, but for myself as being a Hopi and what it means to me. And Grandmother Percy, may I interrupt for a minute? I wanted you to say a prayer first mm-hmm. for all of us, and I, and I did forget that. So can you say a prayer for us? I would love to. Thank you. Thank you. Creator, as we gather together as friends, we would like to express the gratitude and ask for the things that are important to us. First of all, we do want to always continue to ask for rain, rain the giver of life, to ask that we always have an abundance of rain and water so that life will continue. And we want to ask for blessings on all the people, all the people that are in the universe, whether we know them or not, whether they're our friend, our enemy, or whether they're just struggling. We want to ask for prayers for all of those, especially those that are struggling with their own emotional and mental and physical health, that they may heal in the right direction so that they may continue to give back to the world in the way that we were meant to to do so. We ask that you will continue to put blessings on all the animals and all the plants and everything that helps to keep this universe together and functioning. All these blessings we ask for and we want to express our gratitude for everything that we have been given and know that we will never be without as long as we continue to do good in the world that blessings will always continue to flow. These things we are so grateful for, Creator, and we give thanks and gratitude to you. Eskwali Gunaa. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Tell us, uh, tell us about your life. Well, um, I have um, many facets to my life, and I tell people I'm just a, a person of many, many different parts put together to become a whole person. I've had a lot of adventures through my life. I've had challenges. I've had sadness. I've had struggles. But I've always had abundance in my life. And not abundance so much as in material things, but in things of joy. Um, Being a grandmother, I think, was the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. Of course, being a mother first was, was very important. But the joy that I get from being a grandmother, and not just a grandmother to my own biological kids, but anybody who calls me grandma, 
those words just are music to my ears when I hear somebody from across the country call me grandma. And I know that's what I was called to do. And I really do believe in the prophecy that they attribute to the Hopi people that says, when the grandmothers speak, then the world will begin to heal. And I really believe that, is that the way that we start to heal is when we sit next to a grandmother and she puts her hand over your hand and tells you, everything's going to be okay. Those are such powerful, healing, sacred words. And I think grandmothers have to do that more often. And I don't just mean grandmothers by biological means. But we're all grandmothers. We all carry that seat of grandmother in our heart. But also it speaks to the grandfathers. We can't be grandmothers without the grandfathers. So it's both. It's both of us who are grand. The grandmothers and the grandfathers. But more important, the grandkids. And that's, that's what's really important. And the work that I do right now is trying to heal the hearts of those that are broken. And I do a lot of work and sit with a lot of children that are contemplating suicide. And that breaks my heart. But I also sit with a lot of elders that want to live longer, want to do more. And it's such an off balance. We have young kids that want to end their lives. And we have old people that want to continue their lives. And we got to bring them together. And that's so important. So a lot of my work focuses around that. Not as an outwardly thing, but knowing that that's what my intention is. So I will go places and do things that I know that there needs to be healing work done. And it's not physical healing. It's mental and emotional healing. And so is this organization that you have, Grandmother of the Sacred We, is that no, that, part that of that? Is, no, that's something different. That is okay. a totally separate, different organization. Okay. That's an organization that goes out um, with a group of grandmothers, and each one has a different lesson that they teach. Um, but I haven't done any work with them um, for since COVID hit. We have oh, not I been see. able to do that. Um so my work is just individually what I do and where I'm called to go. And it could be anywhere that I'm called. Um, I just recently was in Alaska, and I just did some work up in Flagstaff. And I do work around our community. And so it's basically um, things that when people need me, then they know that I'm available, then that's where I go. And so there are many different organizations right now. The main focus is I help my friend uh, who is a pastor, Pastor Mary Frenchman, who is um, the pastor of the Native American Urban Ministry in Phoenix. And we have an elders group um, that we do. That That's where we center around. And that's what we're hoping is to help um, help those elders because see unfortunately the urban elders native urban elders don't get the attention that people who are on the reservation get so it's it's kind of where where i'm centered and we don't really have an organization i'm i'm just me okay and um i do what i can with what i what is given donated and what people are willing to support me in doing 
And that's the work. I write. I'm, I'm an author. Uh, I paint. I refurbish old jewelry and try to make new. I do go to my place of worship, which is Michael's and Hobby Lobby. So, so I do. I still do. I still have to pay, play, you know, make my daily um, pilgrimage to those places. Um, but most of all, I, I want to bring joy and laughter into the lives of people. Because I truly, truly believe that laughter is the best medicine. And the two medicines that I promote, number one is laughter. Number two is water. Is that water. Water. Mm -hmm. Because water has so much healing energy. And if you can, if you drink a lot of water and you have a lot of laughter, you can have that wonderful thing, you know, that you laugh so hard you pee your pants. <laughs> That's right. That's it. And That's I heard right. somebody say recently, it's like, um, laugh so hard that tears run down your legs. And I thought I stole that from somebody, and I just love that. But that's for those who know me and that when I talk with them, I do encourage them to have a good belly laugh every day. And so that's important. Now, how do you manage that? I mean, just just start to laugh? or Well, I tell people you have to practice. and And I say... You know, I I was a former volleyball player. I played in college. I oh. played in high school. And I played for the United States Volleyball Association. Oh. And so, and I always often wonder, how is was this five-foot-one Hopi girl playing on a volleyball team with girls that were six or five? And there was me. They were almost a whole foot and a half taller than me. And I tell it is because I practice. I practice and I practice. And I tell people that's what we have to do. If we want to be good, happy human beings, we got to practice. And that's we got right. to create a practice that will keep us in that mindset. So for me is um, I carry Yoda with me. And um, I got this Yoda because I was able to make uh, Master Ming Tangu, who is um, a master of Shigan. Uh, laughed so hard he was rolling on the floor and he had Yoda who used to sit on his altar and he gave it to me. So Yoda would travel with me all over and it's to remind me to laugh, to keep joy in my life. Mm -hmm. But it's also by starting the day uh, with a happiness cup, drinking my first cup of coffee. Oh, that's lovely. That says happiness is a choice. And so when I start my day like that, it reminds me that I, this is what I need to do. And then I carry around a Happy Meal box that I got a Happy Meal out of. So sometimes I have to open up that box and put food in it and say, okay, I need to eat a Happy Meal. And I use that trick with my grandkids. Say, if, you're, if they're grouchy and unpleasant, then I say, okay, it's time to have a Happy Meal. And so it's all about what you surround yourself with. And yes. when you can live in that moment. And not always, because there's always going to be unhappiness around us. And I don't mean be Pollyanna and be yeah. ignorant of it. But know that in order, they have to both, they both have to exist. Sadness and happiness. And you're going to experience both. But which do you choose to experience the most? And do you practice doing that? 
you know, so I, I, and I'm always collecting jokes, you know, and, and asking people when I start a conference, I'll ask them a joke, uh, you know, tell them a question that's going to lead to a joke and have them contemplate that. And they don't realize that, you know, this is a joke and have fun. And until they realize it, then we all start, but it breaks barriers down. And I, you know, my belief is that if I can break bread with you and laugh with you, then we have connected. Yes, yes. To be our joyful, natural selves, uh, where we started from with that seed of unconditional love and to come into human form and and spirit and be connected to spirit, that connection, that connection. How do you help those young people that are not in joy? I mean, they, and I've, I have heard terrible stories about the young people wanting to commit suicide because they have no reference point. They have, they have, I don't understand who's teaching them, you know, not to have any faith or like what's happening that they don't have a reference point. They don't feel like they're, um, that they're going to live forever. I mean, that they're immortal, so to speak. How do you, how do you, how do you get one of those children that want to kill themselves back in joy or some resonance of it? I listen to them. You just listen to them. And I ask their permission if I can care for them. And then I listen. I let that to be their choice. And I listen. And I hear them a lot of saying, hear me so that I don't hurt. Because people don't listen. They want to tell them what to do. And I try not to tell them what to do. I, la- I try to remind them of what they know and listen to them. And when they speak, then I will tell them what they said to me. And when they hear it themselves, then they start to heal. They know intuitively what they need to do. But because people don't want to listen to them or take time, but simply want to tell them what to do, then they feel like they don't have a voice. But I allow them to speak. And the thing that when I sit with young kids, and I do ask them, and and surprisingly how many times I get this answer, if there's one thing that I could teach you, what would it be? And they will say to me, can you teach me how to pray? How to pray. And what I realize is that we are not teaching our young kids how to pray. And so we, we start from the very basics. What do you call a higher power? What do you call something that you don't see? What, what is it in your way, in your tradition, in your belief? You can call it whatever you want. You know, is it God? Is it Jesus? Is it Buddha? Is it, who is it? You pick the name that you want to talk to. And you always start your prayer out with gratitude. And if, you're, if all your prayer is, is thank you, then that's a prayer. That's all you need. And I tell them, if somebody ever asks you to pray, never turn down that opportunity. Never turn it away. Always be grateful. And if you don't have anything to say, say those two simple words. Thank you. That's a prayer. Mm -hmm. And so I teach them that. And once they pray, 
then I say, then wait. Don't say your prayer and then end it however you want to end it and then get up and go on your way. Wait for God to hear it. Wait for Creator to hear it. Wait for Buddha to hear it. Sit in silence for a moment. And when you feel like your prayer has been heard, not answered, heard, then you move about your way. Oh, that's very interesting. So some people don't, don't do that. They don't wait. They just, they're done with their prayer and they're off and running. They don't let that soul connect to their creator. And we have to do that. And this is where the listening comes in, the listening skills of a creator, and be still and know that I am. You have to be still. Mm -hmm. But somebody that's in so much pain, you know, already to begin with, uh, and so young as well, uh, it's just, um, it's always been uh, a mystery to me and of how that soul could be healed with so much pain. And do, is there a traditional way in the Hopi way uh, that you that you teach the young people how to pray? Other than just listening, you just said they can just listen to anybody. But is there a tradition? Do they? Well, we do. We do have a ceremony that's specifically for prayer. We do have a ceremony, and and because a lot of the stuff that we do is is sacred, um, we do have ceremony for prayer. And when I teach, my, during the ceremony time, I teach my grandkids what I have learned through my father, through his teachings, through my husband and his teaching. And I tell them the four things that we always pray for. Number one is always for rain. We always pray for rain. That's our first prayer. Second prayer is for all the people in the world. You pray for all the people in the world. Third prayer is for anything that lives, trees, plants, water, whatever it is, animals, you pray for all that. The last prayer is for yourself. But by the time you get to the last prayer for yourself, what more do you need? So it's, and, and, and you incorporate this into your prayer. Yes, so it connects us to the, to all that is. Yes. Yes. Because a, a prayer, a prayer is your opportunity to have Creator hear you. But it's also for you to connect with the universe. And what I learned during the COVID that we have been experiencing is that prayer has become very powerful. People have now reconnected back to well, the importance of prayer. Because I get prayer requests all the time. Prayer requests that I never got before, before COVID. People will say, could you pray for me? Could you pray for my relative? Could you pray for, for anything? So prayer requests have been coming in at, at an incredible amount. And so it's that collective prayer. It's like you can move. When we do the ceremony, I have the opportunity where I live on my reservation to witness when people are out there praying. I literally can feel a shift in the universe because there's a collective group of people praying all at once. And they're not they're not praying out loud because we as we as Hopi people we don't really pray out loud. It's 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 a silent prayer. 
And so it's, 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 a, it's a connection between us and our Creator. And that's all it should be, you know. Somebody did ask me recently um, uh, to give a, an opening prayer at one of the universities here. And, and jokingly, I said, okay, do you want the long version or the short version? <laughs> right. Because sometimes as Native people, we can pray a lecture. You know, well, that sounds good. <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's like you, you know, God, creator doesn't really need that. Mm. You know, just tell me what's in your heart. And a prayer isn't meant to impress somebody else. It's for you to talk to your creator. Right. So it's like, say what's in your heart. And that's what I tell the young kids. Say what's in your heart. Tell creator what's hurting you. But more importantly, it's when you hear it, you yourself hear it, then it becomes real or it becomes to a point you can deal with it. A lot of these children don't know how to express it to somebody how they're feeling. But when they can talk to the universe, to the creator, it's more real. Yes. Well, with the technology today and those cell phones, um, it's very, very difficult to communicate on this level that you're speaking about mm -hmm. with people. I have gotten in the habit now, when I'm on the phone with somebody and before we get off uh, the phone, I say I do a prayer right then and there mm -hmm. for whatever we were just speaking about. Mm -hmm. And I just ask the Creator to for another uh, listen for, to that. And uh, it's it's becoming very natural for me to, to do that now with even just regular conversation, like you're saying, mm -hmm. uh, even though you're saying it's about in, in silence. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm doing it openly. And I'm saying, you know, help my friend Judy, you know, uh, with... Um, you know, her troubles or whatever, up in Alaska as well. And, uh, and dear Father in Heaven, dear Creator, thank you for our time together on this phone and, you know, keep us connected always. And, uh, and, I, just, and I just love that. It just really um, ends the conversation mm -hmm. with, with an open prayer. Yeah, yeah so. I, think, I think the more formal prayers we do in silence, but I do, I, my thing is I believe that every word that comes out of your mouth is a prayer. Oh, that's So you have to be mindful of all your words. So it's like, to me, you know, in every conversation has a prayer in it. And so it's like, so what, do you, what are you saying? You know, and, and my prayer is for people too, it's like, may you always get back what you give. And so that has a huge responsibility. May you always get back what you give. Oh, that's nice, yes. So if you're giving good things, get good things right. right. If you're giving away bad things, get bad things right. And, and that's, that's totally under your control. Right. And with a lot of our young kids, they feel like they have no control. And what it really boils down to is a perception because they have limited knowledge. You know, something somebody may say something that they interpret as very hurtful or and because that's that's their limited knowledge. What can I do to increase that knowledge? What can I do to see help you see that differently? 
instead of, of being sad, could you be uncomfortable? Could you be annoyed? Something that it doesn't have such a, uh, a deeper emotional feeling, but something that's a little lighter. And, and can, you, can we use those words instead of something that I'm, I'm, I can't do that, I'm worthless? Maybe you can say, you know, I need to learn how to do that. Um, I, I am valuable, but I just don't know how to do that. So don't go to a place where you're using harsh words against yourself. And even if somebody says it to you, how can you interpret that so it's not so harsh? And so yes. it's, it's, about, it's about expanding their knowledge of their perception of things. And knowing and letting them feel, I do care about you. And this is where the elders come in because they do have the knowledge and the experience, and they have the patience mm -hmm. as well. And just their, their very presence of all that experience of their life is, must be very comforting as well. That, and you said the, the very important word, the present, because you talked about technology. You can't feel that present. No. You interpret it however you look at the technology. You don't feel that present. And it is important to have that presence because we do have energy. We all carry energy. And right. if you have that loving spirit, that caring, and I care about you spirit, those kids can connect that. connect Because their children are still connected to Creator. They, they feel and know Creator because they haven't gotten disconnected yet. As we get older, that connection draws further and further apart. But young kids are still in that realm. And so you have to allow them. But they will see through you. They will see through whether you're being truthful or not. So it's, it's keeping practice being that person, being that professional, happy human being. And they have to be creative in their in their work ethics as well, right? Mm -hmm. And and give back. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always uh, beneficial to a human being to to give and to and to work. And that's their uh, that's where you create your value. Yes, that's right. The value, mm -hmm. their value. But during this whole COVID thing and the separation and all of that, it's such misery, you know, for human beings now. But you said before, prayers are now filling in, you know, that that space as we've had to come and really go within. Mm -hmm. If you if you have to stay home or you lose your job or then then how do you reach out? This is where the prayer comes in because then you're reaching out to the creator, to your higher self and going back to tradition in each cultures, going back and looking for these grandmothers and grandfathers and elders and asking for help and asking for those prayers. Mm -hmm. um, so, so important. And I think the thing that, that people have been really challenged with is just their faith and their beliefs during this time. Um, and I always said that, you know, the people that wanted to open up 
COVID right away because it was so important were exercise clubs and churches. They felt that that was, we need to have people because people need to exercise. And of all the two things in the world, if you practice, if you know that, you don't need those. I mean... Exercise clubs and churches. You can exercise in your own home. You can be creative. You can walk. You can lift weights. You can do everything. Why do we go to church, to prayer, to connect to our Creator? You can do that in your own home. You can do that. The reason that people do need those is for support and for socialization. But you can do that in the privacy of your own home. And so it's like, what, right. what, do, what, have, we, what have we start to focus on? And, it, and those are things that we're quite capable of doing on our own. But we haven't practiced enough. We haven't committed enough. We haven't taken on that responsibility ourselves. So it's like, I can't do it. I can't pray and I can't exercise because... Because the I, can't, I can't do it, you know. Right. And so it's like, what what is it that you have been practicing to do? And that's what I encourage people is to create something that when you're not doing it, you're out of balance. When you are doing it, you're back in balance. You know, prayer. I mean, we don't we don't eat one meal a year so that we survive and say, okay, eat my meal for the year, so I'll, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do it anymore. Right. We don't right. need to pray once a year, and it's going to last us the whole year. We got to do it every day, right? Yeah. Or every Saturday, or every Sunday, or yeah. whatever that. Well, some people have been able to do that. They pray one day a week, and it lasts them the whole week. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. But it doesn't work for me. You know? No. It's like if I really want to have that connection, I got to make that a daily practice. And, we- and it doesn't have to be formal. I know. I see people that set up to pray. It's like, okay, I gotta have this here and I gotta mm-hmm. have this. I gotta light this candle. I gotta put this here. I gotta put that there. And by the time you're ready to pray, you're so exhausted. It's like, <laughs> right. no, just go out and stand in the sun, greet the sun, talk to a tree, you know, talk to the ground. That's a prayer, you know? Yes. And the most important thing is that the foundation is the belief. Is what are you praying for, and do you believe in what you're praying for, and do you believe to who you are praying to? A lot of people have lost that belief, and I'm not here to teach people what that is for them. And I've told people if you if you worship and pray to a toothpick and it makes you do good, then that's right for you. It's whatever makes you and the universe better. I don't care what it is. Right. And it's not my place to judge what you believe in, as long as you do good. Right. And that's all I ask of people. And when we can do that, then our children will stop hurting. You know, then elders will stop hurting. The whole world will stop hurting. That's right, because then we will have been able to hear the the answers and the and the prayers back. And the, you talking about the practice, if you do this every, all the time, every single day, you can hear mm-hmm. the, the wind, 
the wind whispers, the everything is alive. Like you said, everything is energy. Mm-hmm. And that's all I wanted to do, uh, Grandmother Percy, was be able to hear the Creator. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear, what do you want me to do with my life? You, In the Bible, Jesus says, all this that I can do, you can do in more, right? In my name. And I, and I thought, I'm in the fourth grade. And that had such an impact on me. I thought, what else is there to do mm-hmm. other than do that? Teach me how to do that. Mm-hmm. Teach me how to be connected to the Creator so I can walk on this planet uh, in a more peaceable manner mm-hmm. and um, and guide me and show me. And yes, and then all these people around are, are not, they're, they're teaching you the, the words, but they're, but they're not... Uh, living them and so they're they are our examples and and that didn't ever always work for me mm-hmm. um the churches and them you know. and that's the important part of it is to walk your talk you know to be i always tell people it doesn't matter that i go out and do all these trainings and teaching what matters to me is what i do behind closed doors that's what's important to me mm-hmm. what my grandchildren see what my children see. Am I this person behind closed doors I am when I go out and do my teachings? And I can honestly say I do do what I say I do. You know, sometimes, yeah, of course, I have those thoughts and then I have to start to say no, no, no. Because I, during times I'm looking at what other people are doing, like, oh, my gosh, they have a big house, they have a fancy car, they all this, and I can get to that point where I'm envious. And I'm saying, no, there's a reason why I don't have it, because I probably wouldn't misuse it anyway. (laughs) So it's like, I don't need that. I don't need that challenge in my mind. So don't even entertain that. You know, keep, Mm. keep my mind busy with things that I know I can do. And when I go out and try to help people find out what and discover who they are and what they're about, I also have to be able to do that too. So what is what is it that you do when you're by yourself? Do you practice what you say you're doing out there? And I learned this from, from a person that had such really, really, really strict table manners. No elbows on the table, you support, mm-hmm. you can't do this, and very strict. And I asked him at one time, do you always eat like this? He said, yeah, of course I do. And I say, even when nobody's looking, I don't do it for them. I do it for me. And I was like, that's it. You have to do it for yourself first. Then sometimes you don't even have to say anything. People will know that. So it's like, what do you do behind closed doors? How do you treat your body, yourself, your mind? And when you can do that, when you practice doing that, like when I played volleyball, oh my God, when I was in college, you would never see me without a volleyball. You know, if a wall was nearby, I'd be bouncing that volleyball against it. You know, I'd be carrying it, find somebody who would throw it to me so I could practice, you know. And it was like, that was foremost in my mind. And so when I got on the court, everything came. And I, I wanted to get so that everything that I do when faced with a challenge, it's an automatic reflex to do something good. I don't even have to think about it. It's an automatic reflex that I go to a good place. 
but it takes practice. That's interesting. Well, you shared with me earlier that you worked in the casino for 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 many years, and you became the director of it. I lived in the casino myself for twenty years in Las Vegas with a man who enjoyed the gambling. So that was, uh, you know, that was quite um, the lifestyle. But so, how did you manage that? Grandmother Percy, how did you manage that well, your last lifestyle? Well, first of all, it was it was fun and exciting to be able to help put up these casinos. It was fun, but I, I was not into the ga- gaming part of it. I was out in the facilities part of it, and that was because there were so many opportunities there. I learned so much, but then as my spirit started talking to me, my heart and my soul started talking to me. I would just tell myself, is this really something you want to promote? And this is only for me. It's not for anybody else. I can't speak for anybody else. But I know that my work, what I wanted to do with my work, with my life, was to do something that can help people. That's always, like you said, you had your calling when you were in fourth grade. Right. I know I got mine early, too. And I knew that it didn't align because it, it caused some tension in 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 my life that you know it wasn't I wasn't in balance. So the money was good, you know, it was quite lucrative, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And it was it was my heart talking to me, but my mind was saying something else. Um, and I I took the opportunity to just go with my heart. And so um, I'm, I'm really grateful that I did. And I, I just, I'm okay. You know, I don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of material things. And, but I have an abundance. I have an abundance of love. I've got an abundance of sunshine. I've got an abundance. I always have food. I've never been hungry in my life. You know, I've been out in the rain because I chose to be out in the rain, not right, because I right. didn't have a roof over my head. Right. You know, and and yeah, it's like sometimes it does take a little bit of sacrifice to get but what I want. But, you know, I have traveled all over the world because people have asked me and Creator has provided for me. Not a whole lot. I mean, uh, I tell the story of when I went to Germany. I had no money. I had $50 in my pocket. But I had spent the whole whole months, the months prior to going, refurbishing jewelry. And what I do is I take old jewelry and make it into new jewelry. So I had a whole bunch of that, took it with me to Germany, had $50 in my pocket. And I was thinking, who in their right mind goes to Germany, Mm -hmm. to the foreign country, wherever? But I knew that the group of grandmothers I was traveling with, we would all be taken care of. Faith, a lot of faith, because that's where we were being called. You had a destination to go to and to get there. Everything was already provided. Our plane was provided, our food was everything. So it wasn't like we were going to be out in the open. But as far as a case of an emergency or if you wanted to buy something, you know, I didn't didn't have much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... Creator provided, you know, everything that I had done before when I got to Germany, I had more than enough money to do what I wanted to do when I was there. And what and what do the people uh, want you to do specifically uh, 
do ceremony? Are you allowed to do uh, I don't do ceremony. Some of okay. the other grandmothers do. Okay. I don't. I do just exactly what I'm doing with you. Okay. I'm okay. talking. They ask me questions. I share with them. I give them ideas. You know, I do teachings on how to use uh, the medicine wheel, how to use uh, the cycle of life, how to use the four directions, how to use the planting cycle, and how those teachings are valuable. But usually when I sit with people, I help them find what direction they came from, what their, what their, what their medicine is, and help them explain how, how they react, what, what, based on all these. I like really. Um, I sit down and I, I talk with them. You know that we all come from different directions and we all have different different skills. And just using the basic knowledge of this of the circle. And it's it's not a personality profile, but a lot of times I can tell a lot about you by just finding what direction you come from. And 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 people say, oh my God, did you do research? I'm not, I'm not a mind reader or fortune teller or anything. I just simply listen to how you relate to the universe because you will speak in terms of how you relate to the universe, but people don't, don't, don't know that, that there are certain words that you speak that tells me how you relate to the four elements, to the four directions, to the seasons, to the planting cycle, people speak it and they act in it. Oh my God, that's fantastic! And, but it's it's not it's not something that's mystic or magical. It's all about listening to you. That's very so. When you say uh, the directions you're talking about, you would be able to to look at me and listen to me and and say, "Well, you are from the direction if of the north or the south." Is that what you mean? I see. <laughs> okay, Grandmother Percy, tell, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> you have to well, tell me. Can you, you tell me? Well, I could do it with you, but I, I don't think I could do it here, you okay. know, because it's I like, it's, it's, I would have to ask you some questions. Oh, I and see. And find out. Because I need to hear you. I need to hear what you're, how you're relating to these things. And there are some questions, and sometimes I will ask you to draw something, and, and then I will just look at it, and then... Oh, I see. And, That's... and I'll ask you questions, and then, then when I put them all together, I can tell you. And so, um, but it's, it's, there's no magic formula. And then when you start to realize that you do talk in those, in, in those terms, then you start to realize, yeah, you know. Because I also use, uh, um, you know, the, the different, different um, energies, um, you know, like, the healing energy, the visionary energy, the teacher energy, and the warrior energy. And I can tell you stuff about, again, about yourself, how you think. Wow. Well, I am going to have to <laughs> get together with you again and do this. You brought cards, lovely uh, cards, and I picked the acceptance card. And then you have written on the back of it the, the, the message uh, and it's just fantastic. But I was I was drawn to the I am corn card, then and the mesquite seed. 
So uh, not because of the, well, of course, the picture of the corn is really, it's very nice too, but um, today I will be as strong and as determined as a stalk of corn growing in a garden of vegetables. I know that my surroundings do not determine who I am, but who I am is determined by what I grow and produce. I will be proud and will stand tall in my garden. I know that I was meant to be corn, so I will not try to be something I'm not. I will simply be corn. I will honor that I came from a corn seed, and that is who I am. Today, I will be the best corn stalk in my garden. I just love that. Mm-hmm. I just love that. Do you think, uh, grandmother, that this is the whole reason that COVID has happened? Do you think the whole world is has had to rethink and, and think about who they are and what they are? And our seed, our divine seed of our human, of our DNA, is is at question now. I mean, it really literally being uh, played around with. Well, you think about... Prior to COVID, our country was in a state of extreme chaos. And for various reasons, you know, we had gone totally off balance. And then I think COVID hit because we needed to slow down, not just in the United States. And I could only talk about what was happening in the United States, but it was we were we were spinning out of control and so COVID put a pause to that because something a very simple lessons that COVID has taught us number one is be clean be clean because we started having to realize that our air is dirty and that what we carry in our hands bacteria germs there's a whole lot of stuff around us. So a very simple message, not just physically be clean, mentally be clean. Yes. You have to change your practice. We all had to create a new practice. Wear a mask, wash your hands, be six feet apart. We were given instructions on now how to live. Now, do we follow those instructions or do we toss them aside? So we were all put into this cocoon to say, if you want to live, this is what you're going to have to do. If you want to protect yourself and your family, this is what you have to do. And we're still fighting that. We're still trying to decide how we want to get through this. But there's a cleansing. And I know that many religions, including the Hopi religion, has talked about this. The earth goes through a lot of cleansing. When, when, the, when the earth becomes to the point where it can't hold everything, the energies of the people, the energies of, of, of whatever's going on in the world, it shakes. Ice age, earthquakes, fires, it shakes. And an elder told me uh, years ago, it's like, don't worry about the earth. The earth knows how to take care of herself. Worry about you as human beings. You don't know how to take care of the earth or yourself. And I saw that, you know, Hmm. the earth knows what to do. 
But when you break her, when you pull things out that you don't need from her, you start to fragmentate her. And then a lot of the stuff came as a result of that. Once you crack the earth and you let the gas out of the earth, you can't put it back. So now this travels all over, creates different energies in the world. So I think it was meant for us to take a pause, to go back to a basic belief. I mean, things that you wouldn't think became important became important, like a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's starting to come back around again. Yeah, so, so. We, maybe we haven't learned. Oh, so it's, it's like your priorities shift very quickly. And so it's like, yeah, this is the time to go back to. A lot of people got angry. Well, if God cared of us, why, did it, why is this happening? Well, think about it. Is it is, did God create this or did man create this? Right. It's the same thing people talk with about religion, religious institute. Did God create it or did man create it? So it's like going back to our foundational beliefs and what was like the corn cart, what was planted inside you. Every person, every race, color, whatever, we, we all came to earth for a purpose. I mean, and, and in some of my talks, I will talk to people and say, okay, how many, you know, why in the heck did you guys volunteer to be here in 2020 when God said, you know, who wants to go to Earth in 2020 and 2021? All of you in this room, raise your hand. Right. You right. said you wanted to be here, so now what are you doing? That's right. But isn't there, uh, We I'm always uh, hearing about the Hopi prophecy. Mm-hmm. More than any other uh, tradition, what is it about the Hopi prophecy that's so very important to oh. us? Um, well, it, it's all about, they, like in years past, before the world wars, the Hopis went to the United Nations to tell the United Nations this was coming. But they weren't allowed to enter. Nobody would listen to them. These are foolish old people that are going. Now this prophecy that says this would happen. There is a prophecy that says there will be a huge cloud over the world. Many deaths will happen, and and um, the white people, excuse the term, white people will be fighting against each other. That's what's happening. Yes. And so this was known. This was known hundreds of years ago that this would happen. And it was prophesied that there will be a great division in the world. And we saw that division. And we are in that division. And it, it, it was prophesied. And it's, according to what my understanding is, it's not over yet. We still have a couple more years to go before it starts to come back. So it's like, when, how do we prepare ourselves? And what do we do? And it basically boils down to, how are you going to get through it? 
What is your belly? What's going to hold you strong through this journey? And what I'm finding that spiritual people, people that have a higher level of consciousness, of love and acceptance, will walk alone. Walk alone. Because the masses want to go with the bling, the money, the power. Spiritual people that are highly evolved are evolving. That's not what their focus is on. So they will be criticized, they will be condemned, they will be questioned, and they will have to walk along till they can find others like minds. Because we saw it. We saw it happen. People go after the power. The power of the material. Yes, and that's what makes it... The control. The, the control. power and the control. Mm-hmm. Which and makes it more difficult for the children, for the kids. Yeah. So it's... I wrote, I wrote a, and as you see, I like to write short, yes. short books. Yes. Um, I did write a book, um, a short book that's called... Um, now, sometimes I forget the title. <laughs> the Legend of uh, Truth and Love. The Legend of Truth and Love. Okay. And it's like when truth and love meets power and money. <laughs> and how they try to live in two villages. And power and money win. They take over truth and love. And truth and love go into hiding. They're not dead. They're just waiting for people to call them out. Oh my, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And um, power used to be a good person. And, and this, as, as I tell the story, power didn't know what power looked like. And then he saw his reflection in the water, and he fell in love with himself. And then he became very egotistic. And so... Then he went, and power and money got together, and they created greed. And we're right smack in the middle of it, but it's just bubbling and boiling to the surface. I'll have to send you a copy of that. Oh, please. Yes, well, I had been uh, in my uh, practice in, in Mystic, Connecticut, I would do these Sunday every Sunday people would come and we would we would prayer and talk do prayer and talk about things and sometimes my own guides would ask me a question one one Sunday they asked me what what is truth and I thought oh boy <laughs> okay uh and I worked off for hours trying to figure that out I asked everybody else okay here's our question what is truth what is truth and then everybody had a different answer for that. I was, was very interesting. So then by the following Sunday, because my own guidance had asked me the question, I said, well, give me the answer because we can't seem to agree mm-hmm. on, what, on what that is. And I heard them tell me, where there is love, there is truth. Mm-hmm. And that was so magnificent and so great. And you just put those two things together in one village. Yeah, truth and love. Truth and love in one village. And then power and control 
took over. And I'm so glad you said the earth will take care of herself because the more uh, love and acceptance that I can, I can give to the tree, to the wind, to the, to the water, to myself, Mm -hmm. then, then I can remember where I came from and that I I'm not going to die. I am in, immortal. Mm-hmm. And I go back to the to the seed, mm-hmm. to the to the corn, to that to that stock. I do believe I'm a divine human being. And that is what you are teaching mm-hmm. as well. But as a uh as as the Hopi clan uh grandmother, thank God that you're here. <laughs> Just I'm yeah. so so happy uh, to to meet you, and I can't. I just I just want to live up by you. <laughs> where do you where do you live? <laughs> I'm gonna just build. I can, I'll build one of the. Can I build a kiva? No, I can't build a kiva. No, you can't. You can't do that. <gasps> no, because I'm not Hopi. So tell me, uh, tell me, tell me where you live. It. I, well, right now I live in Levine, not surprised, in Levine, Arizona. Oh, okay. Not on the reservation, but in the city of Levine. And we do have a traditional home in Walpi in, on the Hopi reservation. And right now that's my primary focus because we got, we prayed to God for rain and we didn't say how much we wanted. We just <laughs> said rain and psh, we oh. got rain and so... My house is damaged, and it's a very old home. So I'm working to to oh. to restore it, to, to to get it back, so um, so that I can share it with my family. So we go there during ceremony. So that has been my focus: is to get the abundance so that I can do that um, because it it is a very important home. Um, but that's where my traditional home is. And then we have, we stay, we live with my son in, in Levine. I see. Now are people, other people allowed to come on the Hopi reservation or? Yeah, you you are. But right now I don't know because, you know, the reservations got hit really hard with COVID. So there was a shutdown on who can enter and exit. Uh, I don't know what the, the conditions are right now. Um, but, um. Thankfully, uh, my brother-in-law, Bryson's brother, has been gracious enough to repair what he could repair and keep track of our home so that uh, it doesn't fall. In, in our way, we have two, two beliefs about homes. Number one, my dad used to tell me, you never own a home because when you think you own it, it will own you. So we have to, so we take care of our homes. But also, if you let it fall, you can't build it up. It falls. It's got, so the job is to never let it fall. Oh, I see. So those, we have very strong beliefs about, about homes. And so this home is a very old home made with, with stone and clay. And so I'm doing my best to make sure that it never falls. Um, yeah. Well, there should be more... Uh these young kids should have more time on their hands to do so those kind of projects, right? And to mm-hmm. to give back to the community, things like that. I know building materials are dear dear and hard to come by, but yeah, especially now, you yes, know, construction materials are very expensive and not 
very readily available. That's right. And that's not just here, it's all over. You that's know? right. That's right. So, yeah. So, Grandmother, you do have a, a website and, well, you, do, you have an email. You have an email have an address. Yeah, I have yeah. an email. I do have a Facebook account. Uh, but I don't do a lot of postings. Uh-huh. I just I like being entertained by Facebook because it <laughs> it gets me off center, then it brings me back on center. So, um, <laughs> but um, um, I, I I don't I don't know how to promote myself, and that's okay. I'm not here to do that. But it's just like um, I I enjoy what I do, yes. and I know that wherever I'm called, that's where I need to go, and. Um, and that's that's my primary uh, purpose. Yeah. But more so, it's to take care of our young people and um, make sure that they grow up healthy, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally healthy. Right. Because uh, the work that um, my friend Pastor Mary does, she's a minister to the homeless, and... Um, uh, Native Americans, and um, so it's it's just taking care of all peoples, but primarily concentrating on on people um, that that I can relate to. Okay, so if people wanted to donate to you to the cause, how would they be able to do that? Or <laughs> okay, okay, grandmother. <laughs> I did. I did have a PayPal, but I don't know if it's working because it, it. I just got a text from them. Your PayPal is. I don't know how to use it, but somebody did set one up for me, and it's like you need to verify that this is you and something. I'm like, oh, I so of course, of course. Like so, okay. But I do have a PayPal if people wanted to donate that way, um, and and what what I have learned with with money is that. I don't really keep a lot of it for myself. I do, if like I have to travel, then I'll use it for gas and and things to get places. Right. Um, but I use it so that I can do my work, print my cards, get, get out and do speaking engagements. And I usually go to places that really can't afford to bring people in. So it's like a group, and the group may be five people, it may be 40 people. I see. I go to a lot of recovery centers and work with people that are in recovery. Um, and my work isn't like grandiose. I don't, I don't, I do do some. I just did a conference in, in Flagstaff for um, NACA, the Native American Community for Action program. But they usually will take care of me. But, but the small work that I do, um, you know, I do rely on the generosity of people to make sure that that I can continue to do that because sometimes just my car always knows when I have money <laughs> because it want, it's like a child that wants something yeah. new, you know, like a new tire. Or <laughs> so, so it's like, right. okay. So it's, it's just, just things that, um, you know, um, where, where, where I, I tell people, if you, if you give me a donation or you're generous, you have to trust that I'm going to use it in a good way. Yes. Otherwise, don't give it. You of know? course, that's if, right. If, you, if right. you don't trust that I'm not going to use it, if I'm going to use misuse it, then ease your mind and your heart, you know? Yes, and yes. So, 
Are you are you going to be in a movie coming up? Are oh you? yes, I <laughs> What is this movie called? It's called Touch the Water. Touch the Water. Yes, please. And it, it's 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 um it's uh, the target is the end of November that it should be out. Okay. And it's a Halt Hamilton production. H A L T. H O L T. H O L T. Mm-hmm. Halt Hamilton. Okay. And Travis Hamilton is the producer, the writer, and the director, and the wonderful guy. Oh, good. So, um, uh, yeah, so when and if I get information, I'll be happy to share that. But right now, we're just kind of like, it's a very low-budget film. You know, I'm not going to become a millionaire or movie star (laughs) because of this movie. Hopefully I do, but, you know, I've never acted before, but the fact that they asked me to act, I must have acted, so it's like. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Does it, and it's, well, is it being filmed on the reservation or has it been? It's already done. Oh, it's done. And we did it in several locations, mainly in the Phoenix Mesa area. Um, We did go to San Diego for the water scene. Uh, where um, my character goes to the ocean, and so it's it's a movie that's geared to to the elderly population, but it's also geared to to um, to the transition of losing friends as you get old and children who have to take care of older people. So it's like um, it's uh, and it's also about it. the the journey starts with a young girl who had a fear of touching the water and so so it it's um it's oh, it's for it, and I love the story um Travis that Travis wrote and um yeah we we had fun making it it was quite an adventure some of the film we filmed like in the middle of June and some of the scenes uh in order to do the filming we couldn't run the air conditioner in the car because of the noise. Because of the noise, yeah. the background noise, right. and then so we're all packed in with our with the with the sound and the movie equipment and everything in a van, and I have <laughs> to look like I'm as cool as cucumbers, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 300 degrees in this van. <laughs> so so it, it was and 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 um, just just an unknown part of I had peas. Not pea, peas, a bag of peas, frozen peas on oh, my back to gosh. keep me cool, you know. <laughs> so it's like all these tricks that we had to do. But it was it was fun, and it was quite an adventure. And I learned to really respect the film industry, you know, especially the filming crew. What they, the positions they have to get into, the way they have to know their stuff. I, I was just... You know, it's not like me taking a video and a right, camera. Right, right. Who, who thought of the title? Um, that was all Travis. Okay. Oh, that was all him, mm-hmm. everything. So, mm-hmm. And I just, the way he wrote the film, I, I asked him point blank. I said, were you spying on the elderly center that I, that I go to? Because every one of the characters could reflect somebody in that center. 
<laughs> really? Oh my! So oh, my. it was like he, he he it was you know he was truly inspired to write it. And it's a good, it's a good story. I mean, it's a good family. I love the title. Mm-hmm. Love the title. Yeah, and yeah. since you know. Um, a lot of the grandmothers that I travel with, they're water protectors and water carriers. Well, not protectors, I got that wrong. They're water carriers. There's a difference between that. But they do also protect the water. Um, and I travel with them because the water is sacred to us, too. So. Thank you. Thank you, Grandmother Percy. Would you honor us with a closing prayer? Can I give that honor to you? Thank you, Grandmother Percy. Thank you, Creator. Thank you for her creation, our creativity, our humanity. Thank you for allowing her to travel and to pray and to teach us how to pray. Thank you for her health, her balance between the material and the spiritual world, and everything that she is teaching and praying for herself, her people, and us U.S., the United States, all of us. Mm, thank you. I'm just thinking, I just wrote this. Can I share Yes, please. Quickly? Yes, do. Please, yeah. yeah. I actually shared this with when I did the Parliament for World Religions, and it's called Fear. Okay, wait a second now. You did the Parliament for? Pro- Parliament of World Religions. Oh. For world. Inter- the world. It's Where was that? T- where did that take place? We did place? a Zoom. We, and oh, it was soon. with the sacred we we did all the grandmothers came together and we we offered um prayers and and wisdom teaching so okay so that, we just did that a couple of weeks ago and i think you can still get um okay. it should be out but it will be under their website okay our, we have to find a connection to that then yeah. and a link to that and i'll put that on yeah and I'll we, put that we've on. done that um i think this is like our third year doing that um but this is, and, and this is one I shared, and it's called Fear. It's called what? Fear. Fear. Okay. Fear. I pray for the day that I won't let fear be my master. When fear whispers in my ear and says, you're not strong enough, I will shout back, you just watch me. When fear tells me they won't listen to you or accept your words, I will quietly say, I will continue to teach and share and listen. When fear says you will experience great pain and grief and you will hurt, I will stand and say, I will trust that Creator has a plan. I will let pain and grief guide me. I know that you're around fear, but you're not my master. My master is faith and love. With faith and love, I will stand in my power and purpose. When fear says they will make fun of you, and they will find fault in you. They will disagree with you. I will stand in silence and listen. I will know that I have nothing to prove. I know that what is in my heart, and I know that I must continue to practice love, compassion, and joy. I pray that I always will walk with truth and integrity. My God, that is unbelievable thank you so much and so needed at this time every single word and every single tone of that thank you and even though we will walk alone like you said within the spirit we never walk alone do we Mm -hmm. 
Mm-mm. Thank you. Thank you, Grandmother thank Percy. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Mystic Grace signing off for this lovely October day on the 24th of October. Thank you again. Thank you.